This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. All right, let's go to Luke chapter 8, and we're going to look at verses 5 through 9 today. Um, I believe if you don't have a Bible, that we're going to have these verses on the live stream for you uh, that we'll be cutting to that. Am I right, Drew? We are going to be doing that. So we're going to look at verse 5 through 9. Here we go. It says this, a farmer went out to plant his seed. And this is Jesus talking in uh, red letters in your Bible. And it says, as he scattered it across his field, some fell upon the footpath where it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Verse 6, other seed fell among the rocks and began to grow, and the plant soon withered and died for a lack of moisture. Verse 7, other seed fell on thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Verse 8, still other seed fell on the fertile soil. And the seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as it had been planted. When he said this, he called out and said, anyone with ears should listen and understand, having understanding. Verse 9, his disciples asked him what this parable meant. And today we're going to look at one of the meetings, and we're going to kind of look at some other meetings as the weeks go on, but we're going to jump to verse 11 and 12 and see Jesus' response to the first meaning. In verse 11, it says this, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word, verse 12. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Verse 5, again, it says this, a farmer went out to plant his seed and scattered it across the field. We need to understand what the seed represents and what Jesus is talking about with the farmer and the seed. So there's five things real fast that we need to understand. Number one is this, the seed represents God's word. Okay, God's word, it's God's truth, it's God's thoughts, it's God's understanding for every season that we are in. This season and the seasons to come. No matter what season you're in, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what's going on in our world, no matter if markets are up or markets are down, no matter what's happening at our jobs, no matter what's happening in our world, The Word of God gives us wisdom, and it gives us understanding to succeed and have victory. That's the thing. God doesn't want us just to succeed. He wants us to have victory in every season. So number one, the seed represents the Word of God. Number two, God is the farmer. God the Father is the farmer. He's the one who is scattering seed out for all of us. Number three is this. God the Father tends, the farmer tends and takes care of his property. A good farmer knows every square inch of his property. A good farmer knows every single possession, animal, person within his property. 
And so as believers in Jesus, he knows us intimately. He cares for us. And as he is spreading seed, he is trying to tend and take care of our lives and bring good things into our lives. Okay? Number four is this. The seed is small, but it is powerful. Okay? If you were to take some seed, and I bought some seed the other day. This is some sunflower seed. And if I opened up this package of sunflower seeds, we would see this one tiny seed. Okay? It's a very small seed. But if we were to take that seed and we were to plant it in the ground, we know this, that inside of this seed possesses a very tall sunflower. It's the same thing with an apple seed. Apple seeds are very tiny, but inside of that one seed possesses an entire apple tree and hundreds of apples in that one seed. Number five thing we need to understand is God's word is the seed and God's word is powerful and it has provision, okay, for whatever season we're in. So when the word of God comes to you, it comes with great power, just like the seed we talked about. And it comes with provision to lead us into victory in life. So God's word is a seed. The father is the farmer and he is planting his seed. Now, the question is this, what seed is being planted into your life? Um, I talk about this all the time. We love basketball at the Workmeister house, okay? And we will always love basketball at the Workmeister house. And so Luke is five years old, and um, he's watched his older brothers play some basketball, and he's very excited about basketball. I'm actually going to show you a video of Luke uh, playing some basketball, okay? And um, we good with that? Yeah? Yep, there's that video. Luke's playing basketball. Good shot. This guy dribbles, got some LeBrons on. He's doing, doing great, okay? Now, at our house, we have lots of basketball, okay? We have basketball hoops outside. We have basketball hoops inside. We have basketball hoop in our master bedroom. We have basketball hoops in the basement. We have basketball hoops on every floor of our house, okay? We watch the movie Space Jam uh, about 10 times a week, okay? We have Laker games recorded. So we'll watch a Laker game while the boys are playing basketball on the little tyke hoops and Luke's playing basketball, okay? Luke obviously just saw a video. He's at RGB, this program that we take the boys to. We love basketball, okay? So what have we done? We have planted basketball into Luke's life. Meaning what? We will reap basketball out of Luke's life. And someday when he's in high school, he'll play high school basketball, and I'll be that proud dad yelling in the crowd, you know, yelling things and being overly excited watching Luke play basketball, Okay? Now, this works the same way in our life. You take a few days watching the news, and I don't care what news station you watch. I know a bunch of us are like, well, I watch Fox News. You know, I watched a fair bounce news, you know. I don't care if you watch Fox News. I don't care if you're on social media watching news, but you take a few days on social media, you take a few days watching the news, you go to Kroger 
and just walk into Kroger and see the shelves, okay? And what are you doing? You are planting what? Fear? You're planting worry? You're planting anxiety into your soul. So what's going to come out of you? Worry, fear, and anxiety. Okay, Galatians 6 verse 7 says this. Make no mistake about it. God will not be mocked. For what you plant, you will always, what you plant always be, will be the very thing you harvest. Verse 8 says this. The harvest, reap, the harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. Okay? So whatever harvest is happening in your life is a direct representation of the seed that is being planted into your mind, into your soul on a daily basis. Okay? What we plant into our minds becomes strongholds for God or the devil. Okay, and you, we got to talk about what is a stronghold. I know that's a, it's really more of a biblical word, okay? And in the Bible, the word stronghold meant this, a fortress or a place of strength. So cities would have a stronghold. They would build very tall walls, thick walls around their city to protect them. It was a fortress, okay? And the Word of God says this, that we can have strongholds in our thinking just like these cities. So we either have a stronghold of faith that empowers God, because you got to understand this. Faith always moves God. Faith always attracts the presence of God. Faith always attracts God. And so when we have a stronghold of faith in our minds, in our minds, we have this place where we go, I'm the healed of the Lord. In our minds, we have this place. We go, we are safe. Why? We're not just safe because we're safe. We're safe because the Lord declares that as we trust in him, he is our stronghold. He is our fortress. He is our rock. So we either have a stronghold of faith in our minds or we have what? A stronghold of fear. And the fear is empowering Satan to work in our lives, empowering him to Feed us lies, feed us anxiety, feed us fear. Let's go back to Luke chapter 8, and we're going to look at verse 11 and 12 again. It says this, Jesus says this, verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed that fell on the footpath represents who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. So today... We're going to look at three things that the Lord wants us to pull out of these two verses and find revelation from heaven um, that's going to apply to our life right now. Point number one is this. The footpath, they're hard, okay? The footpath is hard. And the footpath is representing what? A hard heart. So there are times in our lives that we have to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need you to reveal to me areas of my heart that aren't necessarily always hard to Jesus and loving Jesus, but there are areas of my heart that is hard to your word, your truth. Holy Spirit, I need you to reveal that to me. 
the Lord had to deal with my hard heart, and I had a hard heart on this topic of health and healing, okay? Um, when, when I was 10, and many of you know the story, but some of you don't, uh, when I was nine years old, actually, my grandfather, that was my father, because my father uh, left when I was three years old, uh, got diagnosed with cancer. And uh, he received treatment uh, for two years. Um, they actually declared that he was cancer-free uh, for about two months. Uh, and then the cancer came back even more aggressively. And on my 11th birthday, um, I walked in to see him at our house. We had hospice. He had been unconscious uh, for about two days. And uh, I walked in. And, and the Lord woke him up. And he talked to me for 20 minutes. And as soon as I walked out of the room, he wasn't conscious anymore and about 20 minutes after that, he passed away and went to heaven. And he passed away on my 11th birthday. So I had a problem. Every time our pastor would preach the word about Jesus healing people. Because I just thought, well, it didn't work for me. It didn't work in my life, and so I had a hard heart. I remember somebody uh, prophesied over me. I was probably 14 years old, and somebody prophesied over me, and he said, someday you're going to lay hands on the sick, and you're going to heal the sick. And I remember I was so angry with him. I didn't tell him I was angry, but in my heart I was so angry with him, and I thought, I don't want that. I don't want to have anything to do with that. When me and Jess first got married, we would fight like crazy about this topic of health and healing and what the Word of God said and what Jesus had paid for on the cross. The problem was I had a hard heart, and I had a hard heart because I had had a traumatic moment in my life. And to be honest with you, I was just angry with God. And at that time in my life when I was young, I had nobody to help me understand that we live in a fallen world and that it wasn't God who brought this on my grandfather. And that is just such a lie from the pit of hell to think that God brings sickness and disease upon us. We live in a fallen world. The Bible clearly says that the devil is the prince of this world and he loves to bring what? Death and destruction and he brings it through sickness and disease and he brought sickness and disease upon my grandfather and it wasn't God and it wasn't God who took him from me. I had nobody to explain that to me and so I had a hard heart but the same thing happens for us. There are times that I read the word of God in service and we hear the word on forgiveness. We hear the word on finances. We hear the word on anger. We hear the word on pride. We hear the word of God. And the seed that God comes to plant into our hearts never gets planted. Because we have a hard heart. We have a hard heart to what God is trying to do in our life with that seed. 
And because we have a hard heart, the seed never gets planted. And because the seed never gets planted, we never what? We never find victory. God intends for us to have victory in every area of our life. It doesn't matter what area. He wants you to have victory with your relationships. He wants you to have victory with your in-laws. He wants you to have victory with your children. He wants you to have victory with your job. He wants you to have victory with your money, your finances. He wants you to have victory in every area of your life. And he has a word for each and every topic that he wants to plant into our seeds so that it produces victory into our lives. So what is the answer then? If we have a hard heart, what do we do if we have a hard heart? Exodus chapter 3, the Old Testament, we find Moses, and Moses is in the wilderness. And um, Moses has left everything he's known, and he's been out there for a long time. And in verse 4, it says this, When the Lord saw Moses coming, to take a closer look because the Lord was in a bush and the bush was on fire, but the bush was not burning. It was just the presence of God. And Jesus is appearing to Moses and God called to him in the middle of the bush. And he says, Moses, Moses. And Moses responds, here I am. Verse five, it says this, don't come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. Question is, why did Moses have to take off his sandals? And the answer is this. Taking off your sandals represented, I surrender. This was Moses surrendering to God. This is Moses surrendering to God's presence. And when we have a hard heart, we have to come to a place that we're going to take off our sandal. We're going to take off our pride. We're going to take off our ego, and we're going to surrender to the Lord and say, Lord, you are God. That's what Moses is saying. Moses is saying, you are God, and I am not. And as my creator, the creator, the designer, you know what is best for my life. You know as a creator, how to lead your creation. And so Moses is surrendering his rights to God, saying, God, I choose to put you first and foremost. And there are times in our life with the word of God where there is a verse, there is a passage that rubs us the wrong way, but God is not rubbing us the wrong way to make us angry. God's trying to plant a seed so that victory can come, but you're, you and I are going to have to surrender. That is the answer to a hard heart. We have to learn to surrender to the power of God in our lives. Point number two is this, okay? Prevent you from believing. It said in verse 11 that the desire of the enemy is to prevent you from believing. Now, why would the devil want to prevent you from believing? Because he understands this. When you believe, you will walk in faith. When you are in belief, believing means this, fully convinced. I'm fully convinced about this. Okay, it's just like uh, we own two Hondas, okay? I am fully convinced in Honda, the company, 
okay? I love Hondas because I know if I just change my oil and just do the necessary things, that car will last forever. I have 289,000 miles on my Honda Pilot today, okay? It's going to keep going forever. So I am fully convinced that Honda makes a great car. And because Honda makes a great car, what do I do? I buy Hondas, okay? The devil knows the same thing works spiritually. When you are fully convinced in God's truth, you will walk it out in faith. And when you walk it out in faith, you will find victory. But listen, if he can get you to doubt the word of God, and that's the first thing we see in the Bible, in Genesis, the first thing the devil says in the entire Bible is a lie. The first thing the devil's doing is corrupting God's word. The first thing the devil's doing is changing God's promises, right? So if the devil can get you to believe in doubt believe in his word, what is it really doing? He's just filling you with lies. AKA what? Fear. Just like everybody's in right now. Because if you don't have the word of God and you don't have God's truth and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, what else do you have? You just go to Kroger and don't see any toilet paper and think, how am I ever going to wipe my butt again? You know I mean? Just, this is what we think, Right? It's just fear, and it's just lies. I remember um, when I, um, I was new to my job in Michigan. Um, great church in Michigan. We worked for nine years, and um, I was there just a few months. And um, I remember Pastor Beth called me to her office. And we had Pastor Jeff, we had Pastor Beth, and she called me to her office, and she said to me, she said, Jeff, why are you sick? Why are you and your wife sick all the time? You guys have colds and infections, and you're just sick all the time. And to be honest, I was just kind of like taken back. I was just kind of like offended, to be honest. I was just like, who are you? You know, like I'm sick, and I was sick. I was at work, and I was sick. And I'm like thinking like, I'm sick and I'm still working hard. Why in the world would you be coming at me asking me this kind of question? And she said, why are you sick all the time? And I said, because it's just normal. It's just normal. Like people just get sick. It's just normal. I remember she looked at me and she said, well, it's not normal for me. And it's not normal for us. And it's not normal for our staff. And she said, it's not normal in the word of God. And it was a moment that I had to face that I was believing a lie. I wasn't believing truth because Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10 in verse 19, I'm going to read out of the amplified version because I like this version of it. It says this, listen carefully for I've given you authority, authority. Okay, what is the authority? It is the authority of Jesus Christ. It is the authority of the name of Jesus. That when Jesus died on the cross, he now had 
keys to death, hell, and the grave. And Jesus has won the victory when he rose from the dead three days later. He has all the authority over hell, death, and the grave. He has authority over sickness. He has authority over disease. And Jesus now says, I give you my authority. Okay, it says this, that you now possess You, as a believer in Jesus, possess the ability to speak the name of Jesus. So Jesus says, I give you authority. For what? What does he give you authority for? It says, to tread on serpents and scorpions. What is a serpent? It is the devil. The serpent is the devil. So Jesus says that you're going to tread on the serpent and the scorpion. Other version says you're going to walk among the serpent and the scorpions. The scorpions are the legions of hell. It says we're going to walk. Another version says this, that you will crush the head of the devil and his his legion of demons. Okay? So the word says this, I have authority in the name of Jesus to, number one, walk among. Walk among what? Moments like this. I went to Kroger yesterday. I'm fine. Why? The blood of Jesus covers me. Amen? I went went to Chewy's on Friday. It was good. You know, you you can eat at home. That's fine. Listen, the word promises what? That we have authority to walk among these things and to not be touched. It goes on to say, say this, and the, and the ability to exercise authority, to exercise your authority over the powers of the enemy. Other versions say to overcome the powers of darkness, the enemy, a.k.a. Satan, okay? And it says this, and nothing in any way will harm you. So when Pastor Beth came to me and asked me why I was sick all the time, she's really confronting what? A lie that I've chosen to believe, that it is normal for people to be sick. It's not normal for the people of God to be sick. It's not normal for us to walk in sickness. It was a lie that did not match God's truth. So how does the devil prevent you and I from believing then? What is his tactic? What is his scheme from getting us to believe a lie? First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 through 6, it says this. In the same way, the younger one should be willing to support the leadership of the elders. In every relationship, each of you must wrap around yourselves an apron of a humble spirit. Because why? Because God resists you when you're proud, but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. Verse six, if you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing to his hands. So how does the enemy cause us to not believe? Well, it's pride. We have pride. The Lord says we got to wrap around ourselves an apron of a humble spirit. Again, we're translating it back to the first point when Moses takes off his sandal and says, I surrender to you, God. 
there has to be a place where we surrender our will to the Lord and we say, Lord, I'm not going to walk in pride because we all have moments where we go, I know what God has said about marriage. I know what God has said about forgiveness. I know what God has said in his word, but there's no way that I'm going to be the first one that says I'm sorry. Right? Why? Because we think, God, you don't understand how I feel. You don't understand the situation. You don't understand the situation at work. You don't understand the situation in my marriage. You don't understand this situation. I know what the word says about this, God, but God, I'm sorry. You just, you don't know how I'm feeling. And really what all of it is, it's just us saying, I have pride. And when we have pride, it says this, that God opposes us. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to oppose me. So if I have pride, it's going to oppose me, and I'm not going to be able to believe the word of God when it comes. Why? Because I think I know better. I think I know more than God knows. I think I have a better way than the way that God has for me. Remember what that word said. It says this. It says, believing, in verse 12, it said this, believing you will find salvation. Okay? You'll find salvation. Salvation in what? John 10, 10. Jesus said, I've came to bring life and life to the full. But it says that the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. So the Lord's saying that as you believe my word, as you believe my seed, you will find salvation for every situation in life. We look at salvation as just a one-time thing that I get saved and now I'm good and I'm going to go to heaven. But Jesus wants us to have salvation in our marriage. Jesus wants us to have salvation with our relationships with our coworkers. Jesus wants us to have salvation with our children. Jesus wants us to have salvation in our finances. Jesus wants us to have salvation in every area of our life if we'll submit to him. Point number three is this, is spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says this, For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of this unseen world, against mighty powers of dark, dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. So what's the word telling us? The word is telling us this. We are not free from attack. The Bible says this, that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. So the word promises us what? That we're going to have attacks. We're going to have spiritual attacks. We're going to have moments that we're going through in our country right now where it is attack. We're going to have attacks. But the thing about the attack, it's not supposed to overcome you. Okay, the attack might come, the weapon might form, but the word promises us us, that the weapon formed against you will not succeed. So we're not supposed to live in attack. Romans 8, chapter verse 30, Romans 8, verse 37 says this. Yet even in the midst of all things, even in the midst 
of COVID-19, even in the midst of craziness, all things in the midst of it, we triumph over all, for God has made us to be more than conquerors, okay? So all sickness, evil, disease, let's just make it abundantly clear, it is not from God, but it is from the devil, and it is from hell, okay? So all of it comes from hell. So if, and let me specify this, if the attack is getting through, right? Because we see this. We see moments where we see believers attacked and the attack does get through. If the attack is getting through, the question is why? Why is the attack getting through, okay? We have two reasons for the attack getting through. Isaiah chapter one, verse 19, it says this. If you have a willing heart to let me help you. I love that. I love that line. If you have a willing heart. God's saying, listen, if you have a hard heart, I want to help you, but I can't. If you have a hard heart to my word, if you have a hard heart to my spirit, if your heart is hard, I'm going to come and I'm going to try to plant my word. I'm going to try to plant my promises because the promises of God are always yes and amen. And God goes, I want to plant these things into your life so you can have victory. I want to help you, but your heart has to be in a place that is willing to say, yes, God, I desire and want your help. It says this, if you're willing, if your heart is willing, let me help you. And then it goes on and says this, and if you will obey me, I know we don't like words like this, okay? I know we don't. But God goes, I'm gonna bring my word if your heart is willing, you'll receive my word. And as you receive my word, you'll learn to obey me. Okay? And then here's the promise to obeying God's word. Okay? It says this, you will feast on blessing of an abundant harvest. What is God saying? You'll be the head and not the tail. I will never apologize for being blessed. I'm blessed because I trust the Lord, and I'm blessed because I'm obedient. That's why. And the Lord is no respecter of anybody. What he does for anybody, he'll do for somebody else. All he's looking for is a heart that isn't hard, that he can plant his word and his seed into your heart so that, why? You can feast on blessing and abundance. You can be the head and not the tail. You can be the healed and not the sick. So, if an attack is getting through, the first reason is probably because the Lord has brought his word to you, his seed to you, and you've chosen not to be obedient in that area. If, if the attack of strife and stress 
and craziness is getting through into your marriage, it's probably because God has brought the word of truth to you about marriage, and you've chosen to have a hard heart towards that word, and you've chosen to be prideful and not obey his word. And if you don't obey his word, he actually opposes you. But if you choose to obey his word, the Bible says what? That grace will abound to you. Grace will abound for your marriage. Whatever area of your life that you choose to take the word of God and apply it and be obedient to the word of God, the Bible says that he will abound grace to you. Meaning what? You will live in blessing and favor in that area of your life. The second reason we see attacks get through is this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. Robert, can you come on up and uh, play with me? That'd be great. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, it says this. In addition to all of these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop every fiery arrow of the devil, okay? Hold up the shield of faith, okay? What is the shield of faith? It's what we believe. So if I believe God's promise on health and healing, if I believe Luke chapter 10, I believe that God's given me authority, I believe that I'm supposed to defeat darkness. I believe that I'm supposed to walk among snakes and scorpions, the devil and his legions. I'm called to crush their head. I'm called that nothing will harm me. If, if I believe that, then in moments like we're in now, guess what I hold up? My shield of faith. And what am I holding up? Not my words. I'm holding up God's words, and I'm holding up God's truth. And when the fiery arrows from hell are pointed at you and your family and your children, you hold up that shield, and that shield stops the arrows of hell from hitting your family. But it comes down to what do you believe? If I have a hard heart, and the word of God isn't getting planted into my heart, then what is getting planted into my heart? Fear, anxiety, stress. What's happening in the world? What's not happening in the world? It's all I have. But if I have the word of God, and I have his promises, and I have his truth, I can hold up the shield of faith. So if attacks are getting through, it may be just as simple as this, that you're not taking your authority. I have authority. I have authority over my wife. I have authority over my children. I have authority in my home. And it's not good enough for me to just think these things. I think a lot of times we just think that like God knows that we know his word or his promise. But what did Proverbs say? Proverbs says that out of the mouth flows life and death. And so you, at your home, and all of us here today, we have to do what? We have to take what we believe and we have to exercise it. We have to take what we believe and what we stand for and choose to speak it out. We have to choose to put up our shield of faith. 
we have to choose to exercise our authority that God has given to us and speak out God's truth over our home and over our lives. But I get it. Sometimes those things are hard because our heart is hard. But that's okay. God's grace comes. And when God's grace comes, it melts our hard heart. It makes it soft. It makes it tender. It makes it pliable. So the best thing that you can do is ask the Lord, Lord, where are the places in my heart that my heart is, my heart is hard? Hard to your promises. Hard to your truth. I need you to show me these things, Father. And he will. And he won't do it meanly, and he's not mad at you. Because I think a lot of times when attacks are getting through, we start asking the question, is God mad at me? Right? We think instantly, well, that attack got through, so God must be angry with me. He must be frustrated at me. There must be something in my life that he's just really frustrated with me. And that's just the farthest thing from the truth because Romans 8 tells us there is nothing that can separate us from God's love. Nothing. He loves you the same every day. He cares deeply for you. He declares that you're the righteousness of Christ. So God loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not frustrated with you. He just wants you to take the word of God and apply it to your life. Because if you will apply it to your life, it will bring victory in every area of your life. So we're going to do this. And I'm going to help all of us understand how to do this. And how to take authority. So... If you're at your home, if you want to stand up, we're going to stand up in here, okay? We're going to take authority, and I want you to close your eyes, and I'm going to lead you through this. I'm going to teach you how to take authority, okay? So if we look at the verse, Luke chapter 10, and we look at verse 19, it says this. It says, listen carefully. For I've given you authority that you now possess. So we just, first of all, we just go, God, I thank you, Lord, for the authority that I have in you, Christ Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that you defeated death, hell, and the grave when you went to the cross, Father. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus for your perfect sacrifice. I thank you for bearing all sickness, disease, infirmity in your body. Lord, I thank you that when you died on the cross, that you died to give me authority in this world. Lord, I thank you that I sit next to you in heavenly realms at your side. And we thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord, for the authority you've given me. And you declare that. You declare, I thank you for the authority in Jesus' name. It's not my authority. It's not because of my faith. It's not because of my good works. It's not because of the things that I do for God. It's all because of Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross. And so I have authority simply because Jesus did it. And I'm a son and I'm a daughter of Jesus Christ. So I take my authority. So you say, I take my authority and I speak to the powers of darkness. You got to speak it. You got to say, I speak to darkness. 
I speak to sickness. I speak to disease. I speak to evil. I speak to the dark things, the evil things that would come and attack my wife, my husband, my children, my family, my grandparents, my people. I take authority that God has given me and I declare in the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against them shall prosper in Jesus' name. You declare in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus upon my wife, my husband, my children, my family. I plead the blood of Jesus upon my finances. I plead the blood of Jesus upon my home. And Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus as I walk in this world. There may be sickness all around me. There may be evil all around me. There may be destruction all around me. But I thank you that your word promises that nothing shall harm me or touch me in the name of Jesus. You take authority. You speak it out. You speak it over your family. You speak it over your life. You speak it out in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, we thank you that you are victorious. You are always victorious. That you always win. And you'll take everything that the devil brings and turn it against him. So I declare in the name of Jesus, you would turn this disease against the devil. You would turn all sickness, all disease, all sickness, all infirmity, all evil, all destruction, all darkness against himself. And we thank you that you lead the people of God into victory, into life, to health, to healing, strength, peace of mind. I release the peace that surpasses all understanding right now in Jesus' name. If you need that today, just say, I declare the peace of God on my mind. I declare peace in my soul. I declare peace in my body. I declare peace in my home. I declare peace where there is no peace. I declare it and I receive it now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for supernatural strength. Lord, I pray you would strengthen your people from your glorious unlimited resources that you would strengthen your, your people, strengthen their spirits, strengthen their minds, strengthen their bodies right now. Father, we release your grace, your grace upon all of the people of Elevate Church. I pray that you would increase their territory. I pray you bless them. I pray you favor them. I pray your grace, your anointing, your blessing upon them. We love you. We thank you, God, for victory. We thank you, God, that we're going to get to the other, other side of all of this. And we declare it's only because of you and you alone, Jesus. We love you. And we praise you. And we glorify you. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.